the ability to get the rest of the company to think about it is the bonus right for legal it's the idea that uh, this isn't a legal transformation project this isn't a legal tool this is an accelerator for company value Hi, Ronick. Thank you for joining us today. Are you ready to talk contracts? Hey, Taylor. Yes, absolutely. Always ready to talk contracts. He woke up ready to talk contracts. I have a feeling. <laughs> um, so let's start at the very top. We're fortunate enough to know you and work with you often, but that may not be the case for all of our listeners. So um, tell me your story. How did you get to Pantheon and what does Pantheon do? Sure. Yeah, I'm going to start at the very beginning relevant to Pantheon, though. Uh, I started out as a web developer, believe it or not. Uh, I found I like web, but I'm probably not the best programmer. Uh, don't have the patience for it. So, of course, you know, then uh, obviously you end up in law school. This is where <laughs> everyone Obviously, goes. that's where all uh, the impatient people go, right? That's exactly right. I started out in finance and economics, I, uh, the financial model for deals, and what was frustrating to me is not being uh, close to the deal, which ended up being contracts and negotiations. And, you know, that's really how I found my niche, uh, call it, is uh, adoration for contracts, certainly, but also being closer to where value is. And I think that's kind of been the through line for my, uh, for my career. As I've maybe grown or fumbled, depending on how you look at my career, <laughs> it was always intentional to go towards value. Uh, the way that, as we understand, private companies tend to look at value is uh, certainly through their transactions, but how much they're delivering in value to the market or to their customer or to their stakeholders. And I also think that that includes employees. Uh, and, you know, and I think that legal particular is uniquely qualified to help push the agenda in many of these areas. So Pantheon is one of these companies where the potential is very high. They existed for 10 years, quite successful before they had even a legal function. Uh, so I show up, they give me a stack of papers and say, here you go. <laughs> These all look legal. Can you help? And I think the, the potential of the company was just starting to form. You know, customers love the, the, the service offering. And really what we do is put the magic of the internet in our customers' hands. We give them a single plane to work from. So they're Yep. Uh, what I did back in the day when I was developing websites uh, is kind of unheard of today, uh, but for all good reasons. Uh, the, the power of Pantheon is to connect your marketer, your developer, your IT team uh, into what they're best at doing, right? which is their own work. Uh, and Pantheon gives them a single place to go uh, run that uh, open source website that's built on Drupal or WordPress and connect with their customer. So for me, this was perfect. Right? It's technology, it's uh, attaching customer value to the work that I do, and it's building a legal function for this company that desperately, hopefully needed it because they have it now <laughs> and we're really yes. excited about where they are. You know what? That makes a lot of sense. I had no idea personally that that was your background, that you started in web development, but it makes a lot of sense um, why, you, you know, why you're at Pantheon now and also why you're so creative and business-minded. I know that you, just in talking to you previously, you're very creative in how you approach solutions. You're very passionate about technology. So it's all making sense now. Thanks for kind of sharing that background. Um, in alignment with that, you do have a new ebook out um, in which you talk about setting, you know, technology setting a foundation for scaling companies. And I found that to be really fascinating 
especially because most of my conversations with you have actually been around CLM and, you know, leading a CLM initiative. So now that we know kind of what Pantheon does, um, what events or challenges really led you to implement a contract management solution in the first place? Yeah, uh, Pantheon is one of these companies that uh, it has uh, a great product, a great service that, can, that they can offer their customers. And they want to be sure that the experience uh, through uh, the first touch point with that customer to you know, contracts and certainly any kind of negotiations, but even after they sign that, they, they you know, it's continuous and it's positive and it reflects the values that we have. Uh, it also indicates to the customer that this is a journey that we do with them. Uh, and, you know, while the contract is an inflection point in that journey, we didn't really invest a ton uh, in that process. And so as I walked in the door, what was clear is uh, not just that we had to revamp how we thought about contracts at the company and how we negotiate contracts uh, with, with our customers, but that we also had to bring the company along through that journey, right? That uh, there were um, very uh, important uh, business opportunities that we had to pursue together as a company. Uh, we needed to give them a platform in which to do that successfully. And we needed to show the learnings from, uh, you know, either the mistrials or the successes uh, that uh, can help us kind of advance to the next level as a company. And so the CLM was really designed to do that. It was uh, as the company uh, is going through multiple stages of development, uh, we needed software that could attach to a well-designed thought out process we knew what the requirements were. We spent the time to build those requirements and we connected it with the, um, you know, with the advantages that you can have with technology in, in order to achieve those, um, those outcomes for the company. Uh, for, for Pantheon in particular, it was multiple product launches, innovative solutions that we wanted to bring to our customers. We had a strong base of online customers who had effectively uh, clicked through agreements and uh, said, yes, we'll take this thing called Pantheon and we'll sign up for it and we'll swipe a credit card to uh, customers who wanted to negotiate bespoke agreements with us and somehow bringing those worlds together, um, you know, on a, on a, you know, single view of what our customer base looks like uh, really, of course, helps our account management team, but also helps us understand exactly where the market's going, how our products are doing, what potential expansion points we might have. And the CLM was really designed to help us move through that journey again, right? Um, really being agile, giving us uh, giving us a place where sales can connect with legal, can connect with deal desk. So uh, the inside of the company can show the positive customer experience that we wanted to um, have reflected to anyone that's interacting with us outside. Yeah, and I just have to say, I really love how you think about the end user in all of this, that you're really trying to, you know, improve contract management internally for a better customer experience. I think that's a really great way of looking at it. Um, and you touched on this a little bit, but very modestly, um, but Pantheon has grown quite a bit very quickly, hashtag unicorn status. Um, and so when it comes to leading a CLM initiative, especially at a high growth company like yours, um, how do you accurately assess your organization's needs and build a compelling business case? If you could just walk us through your process, because you mentioned having to get multiple teams kind of on board and understand their processes first. 
Yeah, I think the first thing to understand is that every team is going to grow. Every team's requirements are going to change. And if if we look at a point in time in the company and say, you know, Q1 of this year, uh, we should anticipate that Q3, Q4 is going to look somewhat different. And this is the nature of being in a growth company. And it's also understanding that we're working with humans, right? That we have uh, assessments, judgments that we make. We make predictions about where we think the puck is going to go. And our, the art of doing what we do in business is trying to skate to where the puck is today, but certainly also anticipate where it's going to go tomorrow right? and be ready for that adjustment. So in our requirements gathering, we really took that mindset of what gives us the, uh, the best long-term flexibility. Uh, we know certain things will always remain true. We know that customer first uh, values are uh, you know, going to endure <laughs> regardless of how we think about the technology. So we really needed that customer focus. We needed to understand uh, what kind of products were we taking to market? How did our um, revenue operations team think about market segmentation in the way that they were looking at our sales team, right? And how we um, uh, divide up uh, our, you know, our targeting efforts, our uh, branding, our marketing, uh, and how that connects into legal is, well, we're reviewing MSAs, uh, uh, you know, uh, an MSA for an academic institution is going to be very different than media or high tech. And so we had to really roll with that and uh, design solutions that would help them accelerate, um, uh, you know, their average days to close an academic institutions MSA is certainly a little bit longer um, than media and high tech who has an urgent need uh, for their website. And so we, you know, we really adjusted our style to that and the CLM was at the center. Um, so as we built out these requirements, we understood where did IT play a role in helping us get set up? Where did uh, a team like Allback uh, come in and help us really accelerate the implementation phase for something that the company really needed as a near-term solution? And then also set us up for that long-term kind of infrastructure play where we knew uh, you know, internally we were going to get a, a new uh, set of leaders, right? Coming into the company, maybe they were product marketing or helping with uh, pricing and packaging. They were helping with security functionality that we were adding onto our platform. Uh, we wanted to be sure that uh, the CLM would allow them to roll in, uh, become part of a workflow that was uh, certainly well-designed, but needed to accommodate all of their requirements as well. And that's really how we thought about the requirements gathering is uh, what were the absolute necessary items that um, we needed to accomplish? What are the KPIs attached to those near-term issues? Uh, and long-term, how do those KPIs and those success metrics really kind of evolve based on where the company needs us to go? Yeah, that's great. Um, and I like how you talk about, you know, determining the fastest path to value. Um, one of the things that we try to do here at Malbec or that we do here at Malbec, I should say, um, is take more of an agile approach, right? So what are those first three things that you just can't live without that you need done in your CLM, right? And how can we help you get there in the first 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, looking at it from that approach so that you're enabling and empowering those users to expand usage across other teams. Um, I think that's so important for any implementation uh, if you really wanna see the long-term adoption value. Uh, so I love that you kind of touched on that and just talked about how you take it one step at a time. I think that's important for people to hear. Um, so now that you have a solution in place, 
um, if you had to boil it down, right, because there are so many CLM features out there and there's long lists of them everywhere. But if you had to boil it down to, you know, two or three elements of your CLM that you just can't imagine a day without, maybe the difference makers, right? What would those be? That's a great question. I think it starts with the uh, underlying principles of change management. I think what we're trying to do is make change easier for people, right? Uh, we um, often talk about uh legal going through this kind of renaissance period. And I think that's where we are right now. And we're uh, in some cases surprising people by all the solutions we're bringing to the table <laughs> and ho hopefully accelerating processes that were a little bit more difficult to engage with on uh, legal uh, reviews in the past. Uh, but we're also accelerating uh, career paths for people. There's entire uh, practice areas, functions, competencies that we're building within uh, legal that uh, didn't exist or maybe weren't well known 10 years ago, weren't well understood, and those paths are now chartered. Um, so what we absolutely need from ACLM is uh, we need to meet our customers where they are. Uh, that's, that's really important. So if they're inside Salesforce or inside HubSpot or inside you know, some other tool, uh, we have to meet them where they are, right? And so that it becomes part of the way that legal connects in with the business, but it doesn't mean that the business has to absolutely unwind uh, in order to accommodate this transformation that legal is going through. I think the, the second is uh, credibility and this adjusts for every company. For us at Pantheon, it was really important to achieve turnaround times uh, and be sure that the markups that we were doing made sense to the business. They were well reasoned, but they also did not continue to uh, repeat in a way that was inefficient. Right? Efficiency was very much a central focus. And so for us, designing the solution around that specific set of requirements was really important. The third is agility. Uh, we're a growth company. And, you know, and I touched on this uh, before as well, but it's the idea that workflows have to be manageable by a non-technical team uh, within legal. And so that meant no code or low code. That also meant confidence with the tool that if you move something around, it doesn't break. It meant that you had a strong relationship with your implementation team, with your customer success team, so that when you reached out, you knew that there would be someone on the other line. If you suggested improvements or you know, updates and other things, that uh, it would be responded to. You would understand where it was in the priority list. And I think those are really important for any team going through change and uh, really stewarding a company through that change is they need to feel confident that this is the right thing, that the solution that they're offering to the company is making them better, is not creating a new dependency that they themselves are not confident in. I think the CLM choice that we end up making has to be very much attached to the strengths of the team and also help make up from some of the areas that we can't do independently with a better design process or just more headcount. Right. This is where technology really helps us. Yeah, you know, you make a great point because this idea around, you know, an experience being self-service, I think is so important because we live in a self-service world nowadays and um, we're very used to the fast and familiar experience that consumer grade products provide us with. And a lot of times I feel like our business solutions get a pass for some reason. I think those days are over. I think um, you know users are very adamant about the kind of experience they want and the kind of usability they're looking for. And you know it shouldn't be any different, especially when you're 
you know, implementing a new enterprise wide solution, you definitely need to think about that. And it's really interesting how you all have approached it. Um, yeah, I'd add to that the, the ability to get the rest of the company to think about it is the bonus point, right? For legal, it's the idea that uh, this isn't a legal transformation project, this isn't a legal tool. This is an accelerator for company value. And how do we start to think of it that way? One of the things that we have done, I think, quite well at Pantheon is that we uh, allowed our revenue operations and our sales teams to think about what the requirements were for them. And if they had to go out and pick a tool, what would they pick? What would that look like? How would it feel for them? And what would the experience be? What are some of the outcomes? And as we noticed that journey uh, evolve for both the sales team and even as we did it independently, a lot of those requirements converged. And what we understood from that is really we're all after the same thing. We see an area that hasn't performed uh, in the way that it can, right? Legal has been uh, a bit further behind on their adoption of technology, thinking about design, thinking about uh, you know, things like legal operations. I think this has really helped us because it brings us so much closer to that business when it's not a CLM for legal <laughs> or uh, you know, data that is relevant to legal or not relevant to the business. It's all one thing and it has to be. Absolutely. And I love how you brought up change management because that truly is one of the hardest things to do, especially when you're implementing a new solution that may very well and should touch every team at the organization. So I think that one of the most important things we have to be able to do as you know leaders is be able to communicate the value and really speak their language, right? So if you're talking to a sales leader, how are you communicating the value to them versus a procurement leader, right? I think it has to change. Um, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on this. So we recently completed our first annual benchmark study about AI-enabled contracting. And I think that as we talk about culture, as we talk about change management and just perspectives in general, AI is a really big buzzword for everyone. And we either love it or we hate it, it seems like. And one of the findings that really surprised us in this study was that most respondents mentioned that they believe efficiency gains are the main benefit of contract automation in general. So we're talking people across industries, um, you know, across different countries, across different roles, they all believe speed and efficiency is the main driver. And what I think is interesting about this is, as you know, because you've seen it in your own organization, so much more can be achieved with the right processes and technology, particularly AI. Um, so I was hoping you could talk a little bit about how you've grown into your CLM and how AI has factored into that growth. Yeah, uh, Pantheon uh, very much needed its initial foundational improvements made within its operation, right? And this is really where uh, our CLM solution helped us. It gave us the speed and the efficiency and the effectiveness of, and quality of legal review that it was looking for. And you need to do that. This gives you the credibility to go do other things. But if we really look uh, at what speed and efficiency does, those are all internally facing, uh, internal to legal really focused issues. Once you've achieved credibility, does it matter whether you've turned things around within 24 hours or 22 or 20, right? It really doesn't. As long as you've achieved credibility, 
it really isn't that difficult. If it's a one-page NDA and you're saying that it's going to take you 24 hours to review, I think you've lost credibility. <laughs> uh, and we, we forget about the focus being what value did I serve to the company? And the company is really focused on its mission. This is really how we've started thinking about the work that we do. So uh, initially for the legal team, it was important to meet speed, efficiency, adoption of the tool, understanding that we actually achieved what was set out to be achieved uh, by the CLM. So that was good. And it was important for us to celebrate show the team that they could do what was necessary, prove to the stakeholders within the company that this is something that can be uh, achieved with the right uh, design work that we do together. The next stage for that is AI. Uh, that helps our team do very different things. And I don't think it's, oftentimes we think of AI as a way to operate more efficiently, to think about, uh, you know, maybe it's a second round of review. And so therefore there's uh, potentially quality because the system caught a bunch of things. And then our, you know, our, our experts uh, in contracts have caught a number of other things and they can really focus their time on it. I think it's quite different. I think if you focus on the business, how much market potential did you open? How much mm -hmm. revenue did you unlock within that quarter, within that year? How much risk did you drive down? because you're not spending your time looking at certain things uh, that can be processed on a routine basis. And now you can really focus on connecting with that business. And that's really where the potential is. So as we think about the next few quarters of what Campion needs to do, we've uh, far exceeded the expectations in turnaround time and efficiency and quality. And I think that's great. Uh, we don't rest on that. <laughs> where we are today is at some point the volume and the demand from sales and the complexity of product catches up with you. The complexity of customer requirements catches up, right? And so we really need to think about how could we advance the team that we have, put them in a position where they're not stressed about the work, the, the double, the triple volume that's going to be coming through the door. Instead, they're confident because they have another jetpack effectively attached to them. And it allows for them to take their expertise, point it in a direction where it can really build value for not just that deal, but for the company. And the ability for us to measure, which we've found ways to do this quite effectively at Pantheon, is uh, how much market value did you unlock? How much risk did you manage down, right? Those metrics don't end up talking just to speed and efficiency, we still track those and those are important for legal to understand, but that's not what we face our internal stakeholders with. And that's certainly not what customers feel. Customers need to feel that legal is making a difference, that legal is building value within Pantheon. And that's really what we're striving to do. If we get a testimonial from a customer that says, wow, your legal team is so easy to work with, <laughs> Uh, doesn't happen often. <laughs> it's not. You don't an have a whole list of those you want to share. Not yet. Okay, <laughs> but we have fair. a board that's started, which is great. And I think that's when legal can really help differentiate a company. That's when it makes sense to invest more in legal. And so your conversation on AI or any other initiative that you have within legal, you've already earned the credibility to do that. And now it becomes a sensible 
second round, third round, fourth round of investment to continue to transform that legal function into one that's much more a business driver. That's really powerful. I I love how you're talking about, you know, legal as a strategic business partner, because I think that it's common for legal to want to zoom in, right? To zoom in and focus in on the, the very tactical um, everyday, you know, risk management tasks that they're doing. But I love that you're saying, you know, it's also important to zoom out every once in a while and be able to communicate the value of AI. Because another thing we found in the study was that legal is still named as the executive sponsor for all of these initiatives. They really are the ones that are building consensus, that are creating a compelling business case and, you know, tracking the metrics that really lead to better outcomes. Um, so I would love to talk about metrics because you did mention a little bit that, you know, it's not just about having that data at your fingertips, but it's also about using that data to improve, right. And accelerate. So what are a few of the contract metrics that you track at your organization and why? Yeah, it's interesting when I first started and I'd say probably for the first six months, nine months, and as we were still rolling out our CLM, really thinking about the, the, uh, the metrics that we were using the track, often we would hear, you know, legal's really taking such a long time to get back to me, or, you know, why is it so hard to get all of my requests done at the end of the quarter? And it would be a lot of these questions that I would hear for, I mean, I've heard this for the entire time that I've been in the legal space, so this isn't surprising. This is something that you certainly pay attention to as a legal function, certainly as uh, you know, me accountable for what the legal function is providing as a service to the company. I take that very seriously. And what I found is that metrics that you can not only share with people, but keep accessible to them, that it's distributed, it's an access point to how is legal doing today they end up kind of falling away. So this, this idea of turnaround time, how are we doing on volume? What are we busy with? Who are we supporting? Where is my uh, request in the overall process of other requests being pushed through? All of those things we've now made accessible through our metrics, through information that uh, executives and other people within the company who are heavy stakeholders of ours can access on a regular basis. So once you give them the power of that data, and I do think that that data shifts based on the type of company and the stress uh, on your legal function, it should shift. It needs to be relevant. And if you can provide that relevant data back to them, the engagement interestingly evolves with their level of comfort with legal. So it's no longer why is legal that feels like pointing a finger, <laughs> mm -hmm. that no longer happens. It is how can we attack this account management issue, pricing changes, uh, new product launches. It ends up becoming much more of that. So your metrics sort of evolve. They end up becoming how far along has legal progressed in uh, establishing market presence in this country. Uh, and market presence might be vendor requests, might be client uh, requests, it might be anything. But for us to provide relevance in a very deep area of the business ends up becoming more valuable to them than spewing metrics that uh, could be relevant initially, but certainly need to evolve as the business starts to get comfort with what the legal function provides. So there's a few that I think are really important to always track. Um, volume is really important to track. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you may or may not publish it externally, but you always want to keep that track so that you know your team is healthy, that they could keep yeah. up with all the requests that are coming in. Uh, turnaround time is also very important. Uh, what I look for now is different than what I looked for two years ago. So what I look for now is if someone has taken vacation and they're on a three-person team and they come back to a red number on turnaround time, that doesn't feel like vacation. That feels like a full inbox that you come back to. And we all know what a full inbox feels like. But we also know what it looks like when you see a flashing red number. And it's important to me uh, that we all understand maybe that team isn't set up for success because they can't take vacation <laughs> without coming yeah. back to a red flashing number. So we ought to think differently about these metrics, but they're really important to continue to track. I think on the flip side, we are looking at other more leading indicators of success. So how much uh, impact does the legal team drive in reducing overall risk on our balance sheets? We look at how many uncapped liability deals did we have this time last year versus this time, you know, this month? And has the legal team been able to bring down the overall volume or percentage of ARR, in our case, of risk at the company? This gets us better prepared for other uh, conversations with bankers, with investors, with uh, other parties, certainly outside the company. But it also helps us understand how well the legal team is delivering on the mandate of building long-term value and success for the company. That was a great response. And I love to hear how integrations play a huge role in bringing you know, data from disparate systems together. Because I think what tends to happen, or at least what I'm seeing happen a lot, is there are a lot of co-owners right, when it comes to CLM. Because as you're bringing in data from your CRM or your ERP, for example, um, there are a lot of people involved that are owning you know, the subsystems. How do you bring people together? And how does a seamless integration really make way for that? I think data governance is such an important area for any team that is thinking about investing in technology. Uh, what becomes rather difficult three, six, nine months from the time that you've implemented your technology or new processes, is it working? Is it having the desired impact? But guess what? That impact story has changed and whatever you were measuring before may no longer be relevant. And so for you to be able to pull relevant data, uh, if you designed it you know, out of sync with the rest of the evolution of the company, it could be far off from where you need to be one year, two years from now. So this is why I think the ability for us to identify key data facets across the entire, as you know, the ecosystem of the entire legal function is important. And it's not just legal, as you mentioned, Taylor, it's uh, thinking about what's coming from my Salesforce or other CRM, what is coming from NetSuite and my purchase order process, uh, who are the requesters and, you know, is there an intake solution that we're using? Uh, you know, for Pantheon's legal function, we're really tapping all of those. And the need that we have and the need that doesn't exist or there isn't a solution that exists in the market uh, to fill this need is an enterprise legal system, some sort of workday for legal or NetSuite for legal that doesn't exist today. There's no ERP. There's single solutions that help uh, solve very specific sets of problems. And if you're running a legal function and you don't have 
a broader strategy on how you bring data together to make informed decisions, they do end up becoming uh, reactive. Uh, you can't really predict where the business is going. Legal is not just contracts. Legal is not just litigation. It's not just how much I spend on outside counsel. It's an entire narrative that we need to help paint. Uh, and what we did at Pantheon is really take data from each one of these systems, understand which data is relevant, where is it uh, easily accessible, and how can it be combined with the decisions that we must make as a legal function. And so strategy is really important to set out early on. It's also important to understand what the security requirements are uh, for you know, your makeshift, call it ELM, <laughs> data mm -hmm. solution that you're putting into place. Uh, but what's also important is uh, maintaining that same flexibility you thought about with the CLM solution as you also think about how do I want my data feeds to go. We chose to change our data visualization uh, options from you know, year one to year two. We may end up doing that again in year three. The sources of data that are being pulled from are different than what they were prior. Uh, we also learned a lot more about where does a company start to get its data? Well, it's not getting it from Salesforce anymore. It's getting it from a subscription management tool. Uh, and that's different for us. And we needed to maintain that agility to say, do I know which contracts have actually made it through? Do I know the value of those contracts? Well, the value isn't going to come from Salesforce, it's going to come from a different tool. And that helps me understand how much uh, dollar risk am I adding to the company for every point of risk that I'm adding into the company's balance sheet. Um, so it really gives us this sense of uh, you know, being able to move where the company moves. And again, if I can paint the narrative for where this data is going or telling me that I should be going quarters, years, then it's effective, it's worth the investment, and it helps the company actually be stronger. I love how you're saying paint the narrative for legal, because I do think there is a lot of, um, you know, new ways that legal is being viewed. It, you know, modern lawyers are different than the lawyers that we've heard about 10, 20 years ago, and they are flexible, and they are creative, and they are strategic. And so I love that you're part of really making that shift, especially at Pantheon. And knowing that you're, you know, pretty far along in your CLM journey now, and that you've been, you know, how many years has it been for you at this point? It's been three years, almost, I would wow. say, for our solution. Yeah, it's awesome. been quite some time. <laughs> and so what results have you really seen? Um, like from, you know, the starting point until now, what results have you seen? And, and what has been surprising to you and to other stakeholders? We've seen a single place where legal, uh, well, the legal deal desk team and finance teams and infosec teams can come together. Uh, that's been quite remarkable. Uh, we initially thought, well, you know, it's good in design to get these other teams into play and their adoption and their understanding of value coming out of uh, our CLM solution and certainly our broader data sets. Uh, it's helped accelerate their ability to connect with what information legal is trying to provide. These things are very risky. Uh, here's where I want you to manage your priorities. I mean, those conversations are so much easier now because they're backed by data. It's not a lawyer 
uh, or a contract risk manager or someone else on the team trying to convince them. We're really good at arguments. <laughs> uh, this is a superpower of legal. We could certainly do that all day and all night, but uh, this is us, as you say, Taylor, uh, thinking about how practice was done uh, before we had these additional abilities, these uh, areas of connection that uh, are now allowing us to be much more strategic with our business. And it helps them feel much more comfortable in uh, access. The CLM is something that is an enterprise tool. It's not a legal tool, right? So that's, that's really critical for us. It also gives us uh, an ability to transition teammates. Uh, and I think that's been kind of a surprising uh, benefit of it is we knew that CLM would bring all these teams together, but as uh, you know, changes happen within the organization. We hire a, a CISO, we hire two new contract managers. We uh, even bring in more legal ops folks, which has been a blessing at this company. Uh, that allows them to plug into something that's already in place and their ramp time, their ability to feel like they're adding value to the company is so much faster than having to read a stack of documents that I was handed on day one. Mm -hmm. uh, they now have a lot more confidence, a lot more information, and they can start to add that uh, expertise into the business much faster. Uh, and yeah, so to us, I, I think what has been somewhat surprising and, and you know, perhaps not as strong as what we would want is the, uh, I'd say the ability for the rest of the business to keep up with what legal has done, uh, we've uh, really changed radically over the last few years. Uh, certainly, we've seen this evolution happen at Pantheon. And the business wasn't accustomed to seeing all of this information from legal. They're not accustomed to us helping them get, you know, get competitive insights, helping them understand where the, the the high points and low points are in each one of their contracts in a single view. That Those are things that we now have that they just never knew existed. And for them to process those into new initiatives, new priorities, and keep up uh, with where we want to take the, the company is a little bit of a negotiation today. <laughs> so I think I think it's good. It's remarkable how much we've been able to achieve. And you know, we're, we're certainly very uh, happy with the progress that we've made. Uh, the type of talent that we hire uh, understands the potential, as you say, the, the modern lawyer or the modern legal practitioner is thinking so differently about potential of legal departments inside growth companies. And, you know, I, I, I write about this a little bit. I think it's actually an exciting space to, to think about as a community uh, is how has that expectation changed as uh, legal professionals, we are experts at reacting to things, right? How many times have we been called, hey, this thing is broken, or I've got two minutes, <laughs> can you help negotiate this very complex thing uh, and get it done? And this is where we've been thriving. If you came from law firm, if you came from any you know, sort of in-house team, you don't get a lot of lead time. You don't have access to it. Uh, and what technology does is it gets you to a place where you can be proactive, where you can be more thoughtful, where you're not feeling burnt out, frankly. And this gives you the ability to really do a lot more for the company than you were previously able to. Absolutely. Well, 
We never have enough time to talk about everything I want to talk about with you, but this has been a really great discussion. And I do want to congratulate you on all of the radical growth that you've seen and just how you've really built a team that is an agent for change um, in the legal space. So that's amazing. Thank you for taking some time away to spend time with us today. Um, Before we let you go, though, tell us what you've got going on right now, because I hear that you have a new ebook out. Yeah, this was a lot of fun to write. I I'd say it's half cathartic, half uh, vision forward and maybe delusional. My favorite (laughs) Uh, type of reading to do. (laughs) Uh, It typically does not come from a legal team. So I I think what was interesting to me was sharing this back with my team and having them say, you know, I wish I had this two years ago because this really feels like the, the playbook or the rule book for what we evolved Pantheon to be over years. And, and I, I really took that to heart. I think so many of us are going through similar challenges, seeing similar opportunities. And if we could just share notes, and really this is what this ebook was about, was open sourcing some of these learnings, helping people understand what was my playbook, what were the you know, secret weapons that I had in place for us to be successful. Uh, and I think Pantheon's legal team is the only reason that I can be here today and I feel confident in this is because they helped carry the ball. It wasn't me. I had some ideas. I paid a, you know, paid through budget (laughs) for some of these initiatives, but the team really drove it. And I think that's what's really interesting out there in the market is if you can attract this talent who connects with the vision, who feels the potential of a legal function to do more, to deliver value, to be positioned differently within a company. And then you strap onto them all of these other opportunities, these uh, assets, right? CLMs, uh, tools, data, and give them the right positioning with the rest of the stakeholders in the company. That's really magic. And you know, this in some interesting ways takes us back to the Pantheon mission of delivering magic to our customers through websites and legal, hopefully, for position correctly, can do the same for our internal clients as well as our constituents. Amazing. I have to say, I did read it uh, before talking to you today. It's full of brilliance. If you're listening and you want to read it, we will be dropping the link um, in this podcast description for the ebook called Avoiding Burnout and Legal at Growth Companies, uh, written by the brilliant Rona Gray. Thank you so much for joining us, talking about your experiences, and as always, dropping nuggets of wisdom. Thank you, Taylor. This was a lot of fun. You're too kind. (laughs) We did it. Yay. I only fumbled twice, so that's actually a pretty um, pretty good thing. Usually it's more than that, so. How are you feeling? Any?